Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show. We are kicking off a series that will carry us. Until next Friday, we are going to go one by one through the 2018 first-round rookie quarterbacks and talk about what they showed us, what we thought they would be, what we uh, need to see from them moving forward, what those teams can do to maximize those skill sets. So really excited to dig in to some in-depth conversation uh, with Kyle for you on these quarterbacks. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel like I've been returned to my full form with you on this podcast with me. It, it hurt very much to listen to you talk to somebody who was not me on the draft dudes. I'm sorry, Brad, but Brad brought it. If you de- if you guys missed the Thursday show, yeah, he did a great show, job. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we covered a lot of ground with the wide receiver class, and Brad Kelly is just tremendous when it comes to wide receivers. And so uh, that was one, you know, I think can't miss is kind of overused a lot of times. But, like, seriously, don't miss that discussion. It was really good. Uh, yeah, so, Joe, why don't you set the table a little bit on this series? This is a great idea by you. Yeah. And uh, just kind of get everybody prepped for what we have over the course of the next week. Yeah, so we had the rare occurrence of five first-round quarterbacks that went in the 2018 NFL Draft, and they all played a significant amount of football this year. And so we we thought it'd be a good exercise to take one show per quarterback. So we're going to get to Josh Allen and Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and Sam, Sam Darnold. Today is Josh Rosen's today day, and we're going to talk about what we thought of them as prospects entering the league what they showed us this year and what's next for them. How can their respective teams build around them and, and maximize the skill sets that they have? Uh, and so there's a lot to dig into. And, and um, I'm really excited to get into this because we had some strong takes going into the draft, obviously, and, and we've learned a lot. We've seen a lot. And uh, it's, it's a lot to get into. And it's, it's really cool that we're going to dedicate one show per quarterback. Yeah, especially with a historic class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, five first-round quarterbacks, most since 99, which uh, we saw like Keeley Smith went first overall, and Donovan was in that top five. Cade Mc- yeah, weird group, right? I think we'll see a little more success uh, from, from this. Should we give a shout-out to Chris, Joe? Uh, sure, I don't know why, but I, I'm for shout-outs. Chris's uh, tweet from... April 7th. Oh, no, 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 no. We can like, deal with that on Lamar for, Day, maybe. No, we'll do that on takes on takes. Takes on takes. We're still going to yeah. give you takes on takes. We've got a great freezing cold take from early April regarding one of the first round quarterbacks for you. And it's not from me, well-known Josh Allen hater. So 
Uh, we'll, we'll let that ride. Joe, I, I told the listeners as we are doing this on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the draft network live on Thursday night, uh, that we would take just a handful of questions before we started the Rosen discussion. Uh, we agreed in the pre-show this would be a good I- idea to, to let some some folks get their questions out there. Uh, Nick Price wanted to know about Porter Gustin. What's his ceiling giving his injury, injury history? Uh, for me, Joe's pointing at me, so I'm going to take this one. I did Porter Gustin's full film assessment when I watched him or when the news came out that he was hurt. Porter, to me, is very stiff, and that's very concerning. I, I've got a lot of issues with his ability to turn the corner with his ability to play with any kind of lateral agility or quickness. To me, he's a straight power player, and I'm not sure how well uh, you can transition a guy who doesn't necessarily have great length. Uh, He is certainly a phenomenal build. Uh, His diet's well-documented and what he does to stay in great shape, but I think he's almost got too much muscle on his frame. Looks like he really struggles and labors to move in any direction other than forward and with power elements. So I'm not particularly high on Port Augustine at all. Um, Joe, we did have a question about a head coaching candidate, but I think that would be better served for once we start, right? I didn't see it, so. Okay. Well, it was a question about a potential head coach. I think it'd be better served to once we get into how we can help Josh yeah. Rosen. Okay. We tackle that at that point. Uh, I'm getting some love for my Baker Mayfield Christmas gift. I got a Baker Mayfield jersey, which I'm totally stoked about. I don't. I. Well, I'm actually wearing it under this. I haven't taken it off. Are you really? Got, no, you really? Oh, I have geez. nothing on under. This. <laughs> it was, like I wasn't surprised, and but well, that's fun. Um. Uh. Right. Last. Last one. Last one. Okay. Uh, okay. Brian Burns or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Oh. Yeah, I think he's. I, I he might be more explosive. He might be more explosive, and he's bigger. Yeah, he's not as polished with his hands. He has he's, no idea what he's doing as a pass rusher relative to Brian Burns. All right, we're gonna have to agree to disagree, I guess. Yeah, we'll we'll save that debate for another day. But yeah, think- we're we're getting some good debate on what the Cardinals should do, so this should be fun. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. 
And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. All right, let's get into Josh Rosen, Kyle. Yeah, um, let's go. So, Josh Rosen, my QB1 entering last year's draft. Look at you. I can't stand that I can see you right now giving me these looks, sipping on redemption whiskey. Yeah, that's uh, great. It's bourbon. But so, <laughs> I had a first round grade on him. He was my number seven player in the class. Uh, my summary on him says this Rosen's mechanics, accuracy, ability to throw with anticipation and read coverages makes him a fit for either a Coriel or West Coast offense. Having played an NFL style offense in college, Rosen's acclimation to the NFL should be swift and he projects as a starter in year one. By year three, Rosen has the upside to be an NFL team's franchise quarterback and face of the organization. Rosen doesn't offer much outside of the structure of the offense, but is outstanding when it comes to making throws and winning from the pocket, which is a must for NFL quarterbacks. So I was very high on Rosen, thought he was very pro-ready, really excited about his ability uh, to win from the pocket, but also was uh, was note I also noted that he he doesn't give you much outside of structure, so he's not he's not a great athlete. So uh, definitely thought he was worth uh, the pick that Arizona took him at. And uh, I'll, I'll be anxious to for you to kind of talk about where you saw Rosen entering the league before we talk about what we saw this year. Sure. Uh, Rosen was my second-rated quarterback, uh, my eighth overall player, though. So we we had him right there kind of pegged in the same general area of the big board in the, the back half of the top ten relative to all positions, and maybe not necessarily accounting for uh, positional value to the degree of, you know, if you need a quarterback and you're picking early we both would have advocated for taking Josh Rosen early. Uh, my optimal scheme fit and role for Josh Rosen, uh, UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen is an excellent pro prospect and should be regarded as a potential franchise player. Rosen's aggressive mentality to push the ball, mechanics, pocket presence, and arm talent make him an excellent fit for a vertical passing offense. So a Coyrell offense is, is where I would prefer him specifically with how aggressive he is down the field in the NFL. Uh, should be a first-year starter. My comparison for him was Matt Ryan. Same. And uh, my best trait for Josh Rosen was his arm talent. That includes arm strength, velocity, placement skills, uh, specific accuracy, not just general accuracy. Mm -hmm. And my worst trait for Josh Rosen was risky decisions, you know, willing to, to put a little too much trust in his arm. And then for red flags, I did have noted medicals for him. He had a shoulding thro throwing shoulder injury in 2016 and a concussion in 2017 that cut his season early. Now, Kyle, I remember you and I had a – obviously, we've been podcasting for – this is what, episode 300-something of, yeah, of like Draft 330, Dudes? 330. We did a couple like – on like well over 100 Locked on NFL Draft podcasts. So you and I yeah. are very familiar with each other's takes. And one thing we talked about with Rosen at various points in the process last year uh, was was his belief that he can make any throw, that yeah. he can fit the football anywhere. And, and you you didn't say that he was Dan Marino, but you said that there was some some parallels, some parallels. to Dan Marino in yeah. that he really believed that he can sling it and zip it anywhere. And, and so we like that about Rosen, right? Because I think that's such a good thing. You see some of these quarterbacks that are very cautious. You just don't have that with Rosen now. At the same time, a little bit of a problem, and you saw that he he threw 14 interceptions this year. He started 12 games. He'll start his 13th game on Sunday. 
Uh, but uh, he did have a willingness to sling it, and he kind of had to, right? Like, right. I think so much of this discussion moving forward, I think it's important, really, imp- it's really important to start this discussion with where we thought he would be, what he is, what, you know, what, what he brings to the table. But so much now, I think, is going to flip to, damn it, his supporting cast sucked. I mean, sucked. Do you mean to tell me that a offense around him with skilled players that includes uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who's how old now? Uh, Chad Williams, J.J. Nelson, Trent Sherfield, uh, Farrow Cooper was just picked up on waivers like last week. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is your starting tight end. And uh, that that's not a good group of pass catchers for a rookie quarterback that doesn't have mobility within the pocket to extend plays to the degree that the other guys would. Is that what you're telling me? It's it's a big problem. And one thing I've said a few times over the last couple of weeks is that Josh Rosen's a pocket passer with no pocket. I mean, this yeah. this yeah. offensive line is the worst in football. And uh, if I'm if I recall correctly, an exchange on Twitter between John Ledger and Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, John asked Mike if Arizona's offensive line was the worst that it, they've ever graded, and they're they're very close to to literally being. Uh, I th- I think he said they were a few pressures away from having oh. the most pressures they've ever tracked with like three games to spare. So, th- yeah, it's not just it's not a bad great. offensive line; it's one of the worst offensive lines we've seen in 10, 15 years. And right. look, I mean, and Josh Rosen, the guy who doesn't really offer that escapability, that's a guy that's going to be that surgeon from the pocket. He doesn't have anything to work with. He is under pressure. PFF has him under pressure on 171 of 413 dropbacks. That's almost half. That's almost that's half. That's not Kyle. great. That is not how you would like to see those numbers play out. No, so his first, and think about this, it's not like everything's going to be perfect all the time in the NFL. Right. But for your first 413 passing attempts in the NFL to come under those circumstances is a disservice to Rosen, a true disservice. Yeah, and I don't don't think you look at the numbers, right, like, Rosen's completed 55% of his passes, uh, 14 interceptions, as you said, in in 12 starts, 13 total games. Uh, He's been sacked 39 times. Uh, His net yards per pass attempt is 4.6. These are are brutal numbers across the board. But how are you going to hold it against him? Because you look at every other quarterback that was drafted in the first round. Mayfield was a wizard in the pocket with his ability to move and snap and reset his feet. And that lightning fast release, uh, Josh Allen, we've seen his mobility play out in a lot of games this year and his, his willingness to hold the ball and then flush late and and force a missed first challenge. Lamar Jackson, you know, for some of the, the struggles that are perceived as far as what he's able to do in the passing game, his mobility's one of been one of the best weapons that Baltimore has introduced to their offense this year. And then Sam Darnold, you know, obviously he was banged up at one point, but he's thrown on the run and he's making a lot of big plays happen by getting outside the pocket. Rosen was never going to be that kind of guy. Right. So if you've got him under the gun, he was the one guy that couldn't afford to go to a situation where he was constantly going to get pounded nonstop. And yet here we are. And that's exactly what happened with Josh. 
and, and it was the same problem that plagued Carson Palmer the last few years in Arizona. Yes. And, and they bring in Sam Bradford as their bridge guy who's made a glass, right? Like, I mean, I just don't know if Steve Kime has done a good enough job of understanding the skill set of his quarterback and prioritizing that offensive line, Kyle. I, I think that there has been a, ma- a major disservice. I'm not concerned about Josh Rosen's ability to be a great NFL quarterback. I am concerned that he does have a lot. Now he now he has to like you, can't, you get worried about He's him. He's got being things ruined. to overcome now. Yeah, yeah. Now he has things that will overcome because the infrastructure wasn't right. Not everybody. Not every quarterback's going to be able to come in and and elevate an entire lackluster supporting cast worth of worth of players right away. And it's almost like you got to give the, the kid a pass for this year. Obviously there's some concerns about Steve Wilkes as the leader there, right? Potentially one and done, maybe cleaning house Steve Kime on the way out. And now you, now you have, he's, he's Mike McCoy was gone after a few weeks. I mean, there's just the infrastructure and everything around Josh Rosen right now, by far, the worst of any of these rookie quarterbacks. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore. And don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns. He had 53 total tackles. Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I agree. So, I mean, you look at, let's look at, you've talked a, a good deal about the coaching staff now and what Steve Kime has done or not. There. Uh, I'm going to look over his depth on offense and talk about pieces moving forward that should be considered as cornerstones to work with for Josh Rosen. So I think the best place to start is probably the injured reserve because you got three starting offensive linemen on the injured reserve right now. Uh, DJ Humphreys, uh, former high pick out of the University of Florida, has been up and down. Uh, I, I know the expectation for him was that he was going to turn the corner because he had started to show flashes. Um, but now here he is on injured reserve again. Durability seems to be an issue for DJ Humphreys, and you're getting ready to to talk about an extension for a former first-round pick if you want to keep his services. So I don't know if Humphreys is a player that they should necessarily be looking to retain. Uh, Mike Iupati is on injured reserve. And a free uh, Justin, agent. And a free agent. Justin Pugh is on injured reserve. AQ Shipley is not a long-term piece. Mm-hmm. So I think Mason Cole is probably the only guy that you look at and say, we hope this is a long-term piece on our offensive line, being a third-round pick from this past year and the starting center on this team. I like Mason Cole round three, round four, but you knew functional strength was going to be a problem for Mason Cole. And yeah. Michigan did him a disservice by playing him at left tackle his last year at Michigan. 
So he's had his ups and downs this year as well. But if you look at the offensive line, you might have one long-term piece on your offensive line right now. Yeah, and if and if we're counting that as Mason Cole, he struggled a ton, but I think we both like his upside, and, and obviously the yeah. scenario there is not great. I will say this. If there was a bright spot on that offensive line this year, and I think he's a free agent. Let me confirm that. Yes, he's a free agent, so I'm not sure what you're going to do. He's 28 years old. Odey Abushi. I thought he had some flashes this season as maybe being a competent starter. He's 28 and a free agent, so I don't know – you know what? If he, I don't think he know has much of a ceiling, but I think he's probably enjoyed some of the best uh, reps of his career this season. But was yeah, like you in, said, was he in Seattle last year? He's bounced around quite a bit. Um, but uh, let me see if I can see. No, I don't. I don't have that information right in front. Yeah, of me. yeah. He played last um, year in Seattle, and the two years prior to that, he was in Houston. Houston. Oh, well, a yeah. couple teams that have needed offense. Yeah. Well, so. Here he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, realistically, we're talking about offensive line specifically, four new starters. Uh, I, I, uh, I.U. Potty's a free agent. I mean, I think Humphreys is back next year under contract. Yeah, he's but, under contract next year, but can you bank on Humphreys? I think he's well, missed he's, games in three straight seasons now. He, he has. He has. And then from a weapons perspective, right, like Christian maybe you, Kirk. Christian Kirk looks pretty good. He's, you know, he finished, he's hurt, right? So he yeah, he's on IR. On IR. But yeah. there was something brewing there with him and him and Rosen, which is good. Fitzgerald's thirty-five and a free agent. I mean, you keep him as long as he wants to play. Right. But I mean, he there's no way he should be starting on the boundary anymore, which is hard because you got a guy in Christian Kirk who's probably best served in the slot. So now you get a big slot and a small slot. Uh, is Chad Williams your long-term Z guy that's going to be running vertical routes for you? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can feel super good about that right now. I mean, yeah. he's he's been his production. He's got player. 15 catches in two seasons, Kyle. Up, upgradable player, no question in my mind. I don't think you count on him for anything. So now the interesting thing here is, right, like, like I'm not sure how much this gets fixed in free agency. The best receivers in free agency are Tyrell Williams, John Brown. I mean, Golden Tate, I don't think that's really a player that would be conducive here. Devin Funches, I don't think you want to give him big money. So I don't get overly excited about the receiving options in free agency. There's some offensive linemen, Mitch Morse, Mike, uh, uh, Matt Paradis, Juwan James, Trent Brown. You know, there's some guys that I think can come in and, and, and fill offensive line spots, but you have, you know, it's interesting about all of these teams, the Jets, Bills, Cardinals, all three of those teams are really kind of going to be fighting over the same players. Right in this rising free agency. And so which situation do you want to go to if you're a free agent? You know, it's going to be really interesting to see Arizona's picking number one, right? Like they're good. They're, they're, they're not going to beat the bears or they play the, the Rams. Is it the Rams? They play, they play the I Rams. They play Is the Rams, Rams or Seahawks. It's the Rams. They play the Rams in a game that the Rams need to win to be the two seed. Right. So right. they're losing, they're having the number one pick. And so now it's like, Okay, Nick Bose is the best player in the draft. Hell, we got to build around our quarterback. Not sure Jonah Williams is a number one overall type of guy. You know, could you? Is this an opportunity for a team to move up and get Haskins if he declares? Do you do you do you trade back? I kind of think they should think about. It. I know that you're thinking Bosa no matter what, right? Because he's the best player in the draft. Yes. But yes. if you can trade back and get a bunch of picks, this team has so many friggin' holes, man. And they've got a quarterback that needs that supporting cast. And we need a long-term vision here. Like, And I just don't see it right now. 
I don't I can't justify passing on an elite football player. Man, I hear you on that. I are, really are you real are you really gonna trade back and compromise Nick Bosa for potentially Nikhil Harry and Michael Dieter? I mean you you you, you threw out those options. I mean that doesn't that doesn't I mean Nick Nikhil Harry in the teens, Michael Dieter in the mid second round. If you get a one and the two to trade back, oh, if you're trading up, like a future sec, a future first round pick as well. But I'm saying your immediate returns yeah. for Nick Bosa is going to be two players of that general caliber. You got to see how free agency goes, right? Like that's going to be key. What can you get done in free agency? What's your what's your what's your solution in terms of general manager and head coach? And right? here's where it gets interesting because name the three teams again that you were talking about competing for the offensive line down. Well, I mean, Jets, Bills, Cardinals, actually Texans deserve to be in that list, and they have a ton okay. of cap space. And here's Jets, the point. Bills, and Texans have a, a ton of money. Jets have $106 million in cap. Yep. Bills have $88 million in cap. Cardinals have $69 million in cap, and the Texans have $68.5 million in cap. It's going to get weird, man. It's going to be crazy numbers. Yep. If you have it like Juwan James, for example— Miami Dolphins starting right tackle. Yeah, he's going to get nine or ten a year. Yeah, he's going to he's going to get more than that. Wow. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's going to get twelve million a year. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Trent Brown's probably going to get between eight and ten million dollars a year. I think he might. I more than that, maybe. You know, and, and Trent Brown's he's kind of got an inflated uh, reputation. I don't think he's as particularly. I don't think he's the caliber football player as what he played to be for half a year in San Francisco. But no, you can. And, win, and, but, I think you can it, win with him. And and is that the kind of player that you want to give ten plus million dollars to, or are you going to look back in three years once you improve the situation in your roster and say, "Wow, this contract's an albatross." They normally are, Kyle, in free agency. They normally are. Right. So that's the challenge. I think. Arizona's best bet is to get the elite football players with these early picks that they have. They could be picking one in 33. You mean to tell me you can't get a starting caliber wide receiver at 33? You can. And I, yeah, this class. Yeah, you, you can. can. I mean, you might be able to get Kelvin Harmon there. You might be right. JJ Arcega Whiteside. Right. Right. I mean, Riley Ridley. Right. I mean, so, I mean, the, the combine is going to be big for sorting out these receivers. Because uh, I think the testing is going to matter a ton, separating some of these bigger guys. Uh, but Arizona's oh, the point being that Arizona is going to have chances. Obviously, in free agency, they're going to have to bid high. They have a lot of flexibility to me with that number one pick to land Nick Bosa, get the surefire best player in the draft, move back a little bit, maybe get an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. But the infrastructure needs to be improved bigly. Uh, we had feedback from Braden. AJ Brown at 33, possibly. I'd like yeah. your reaction to that because really though? No, no, I, possibly, yeah. Certainly a possibility. Not yeah, but for me. Is is that the kind of player that you No. Like no. with his skill set versus the skill set of the other players that you have on the Cardinals roster. No. And that's no. why I, that's why I wanted to bring this point to the yeah, conversation you, because this you know is something where I, Yeah. You know where I graded AJ Brown. Yeah. Third round. I remember I sent you a DM. I said, Hey man, is am I crazy here? I've got AJ Brown in the third round. I like AJ Brown. Brad and I talked about him yesterday. He he's a big slot. He's a guy that runs good routes. He has good hands. He can work the middle of the field. He's actually really good after the catch. But he's not a guy that you're going to funnel your passing offense through. He's not an X. Right. He's not. 
he's, he's not. He's a he's big Jarvis. Spot. He's Jarvis Landry with an extra thirty pounds on him. Yeah, yeah. He might not have those types of hands and ball skills though. But but as yeah. far as the the lack of explosiveness, the refined sure. route running that he has, he has reliable hands. Yeah. He's tough in the middle of the field. As Jarvis Landry, he's he's just bigger than Jarvis Landry by a notable margin. But and that matters. Course. Yeah, that matters. And I, I'm not – if I'm Arizona and I'm looking at Josh Rosen's strength, I want dynamic guys down. I want a guy that can separate vertically. I want a guy that can, can get separation 20-plus yards down the field. Yeah. I want a guy that can stack corners on the outside and get off press coverage. And I don't think Brown's that type of receiver. No. No, but that's something we have to fight because people have been told for six months that A.J. Brown's the best yeah, receiver in class. Year. Well, we're the only ones that have been watching tape for the last six months. All right. Was- whoa, whoa. Joe, I'm the a, one that's drinking that here. That was Come a on, Kyle comment. I don't know what just happened right there. All right. So, yeah, this is a good feedback from Faze Rose. Rosen also likes throwing to the tight ends a lot. How about reuniting him with Caleb Wilson, Caleb Wilson in the middle rounds of the draft? We've not heard great things about Caleb Wilson. No, we haven't. But if you're going to talk to me in round four. Sure. I would rather have Caleb Wilson knowing the chemistry that he had with Josh Rosen than like Jermaine Gresham at this point. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's a lot of good tight ends in this class. But I mean, we need to see who comes out. Right. That's going to dictate things a lot. But yeah, I, I think a tight end, I mean, Ricky Seals Jones. Just give me somebody that can run the Y shake. Rosen ran the. <laughs> <laughs> Rosen through the love throwing the Y shake. That whole Texas A&M comeback, that legendary comeback win, mm-hmm. he threw mm-hmm. he threw Y shake probably fifteen times in the second half, and they just he just threaded it between linebackers and over the top of heads. There's not a whole lot of exciting things here. I'm looking at the free agent tight ends: Tyler Croft, Richard Rogers, Logan Thomas, mm. uh, Lance Kendricks, Jared Cook. He's 32. I'm not sure. He, I mean. Jared Cook's probably going to get big money, too, after having a career year in Oakland this year. Yeah, someone, someone's going to pay for him. Yeah. yeah. Levine Toilolo, he's actually done some good go. things for the yeah. Lions this year. Yeah. But I mean, I know, right? Didn't he have, like, 96 receiving yards a couple weeks ago? And we were like, yo, Levine. Yeah. <laughs> 100-yard week. All right, so with us kind of taking inventory on what free agency looks like, give me your elevator pitch 30 seconds right now. How are you attacking free agency if you are brought in to replace Steve Kahn? Man, I I, I hate what over positions. Are you targeting? I'm obviously wide receiver and offensive line, but here's the thing: is I I am going to be careful not to overpay for marginal players and understand that there's a long term vision here, and and unfortunately, you're, you're kind of things need to be expedited because you're already a year into the Rosen era and you've already friggin' given him nothing to work with. And I do think that this needs to be accelerated and that there does need to be some aggression in what they do to surround him. Uh, but, yeah, going after guys that you believe in, talk, talking to your pro scouting staff, seeing if there's some sleepers, seeing if there's some guys that, you know, you can get some returns on that people aren't necessarily targeting and, and, and try to start filling up this thing with worthy starters around Josh Rosen because right now there's not a lot. Right. So I'm going to read through some names. Because my plan of attack is I want to attack the offensive line and free agency as much as possible, but I'm not going after the household names. I can't. I, I can't justify spending $12 million on Trent Brown, right? So if I'm looking at the offensive line, I'm looking at guys like Cameron Fleming from Dallas. Has positional flexibility. Guy that's been experienced playing tackle and guard to some degree. 
Uh, I'm looking at guys like uh, Quentin Spain, Donovan Smith, who may benefit in the long run with a kick inside to offensive guard. I'm looking at guys, DJ Fluker's had a career resurgence in Seattle. He's up for, for a contract renewal this year as a power player. There's opportunities, depending on what direction you want to go with your personnel, to get guys in the second tier of the offensive line that are upgrades by two tiers over what you have on your roster right now, especially after all the injuries. Another one, and this is uh, Braden shouted this out in the comments here on Twitch, uh, that a name that flashed for me too, Mitch Morse from Kansas yeah. City as a potential yeah. interior offensive lineman. I think offensive line, people think about the five, right? Going tackle to tackle. You're never, very rarely are you going to get five good offensive linemen up front for your roster. You just can't have two guys that are bad playing next to each other. So I think the first plan of attack for Rosen, especially with his limitations in mobility, is fortify the inside. Get career tackles that might be a little too heavy-footed to play outside and have struggle, and you kick them inside to guard. I think that's my plan of attack if I'm looking at building and free agency, and then I'm looking at skill players with the draft specifically. Ty Nesky, I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, yep. he's, he's filled in well. Uh, at times for the Redskins. Uh, he's still so one he's of the a, best backup offensive tackles in the league. So the, you're going to have to find a couple of those and develop them and, and, and hopefully, hopefully they can come in and, and help. You know, there's going to be players that are released inevitably that may be able to help. Uh, but hitting on draft picks, man, that's, that's what this thing's going to come down to. And Rosen will get better, right? Like this, these, this is his first game action. But uh, man, I, I hate to, I hate to talk about, putting so much emphasis on how bad his supporting cast is, it's just unavoidable in the situation. Right. So do me a favor as we get ready to sign off. We talked about potential for a wide receiver at 33. Yep. Who is your dream fit? Regardless of what they like, let's forget yeah. about coaching because co the, like the coaching staff, that's a whole different conversation as far as what they could do there. If you take your personal assessment of Josh Rosen's strengths and weaknesses as a football player from before the draft, what we've seen this year, and you have the opportunity to have one player at 33. Who is? Realistically, Riley Ridley really pops from Georgia. Yeah. Ball skills. And I've got a player in Josh Rosen that is willing to test man coverage and willing to kind of put it into spots where he has leverage. And I love the body control ball skills and hands of Riley Ridley. He's got good length. He's, he's a guy that can win above the rim. And uh, I just think he would be the kind of guy that you can say, hey, we want to target him 10, 15 times a game and him and Rosen can get something brewing. You have Kirk from the slot. And I think we're starting to build something here with our with our pass catchers. Yeah, um, for me, I know I, I think Blake had mentioned in the comments, but if Hollywood Brown's there, mm -hmm. that's one that makes a lot of sense to me as a Z. You know, we, we talked. Do you want Chad Williams to be your Z long term? No. Chad, Chad had great long long speed. But yeah. Chad was coming out of Grambling, and Chad was very raw coming out of Grambling as a third-round pick. I think Hollywood Brown is much more refined as far as his routes and his stems and the intent that he illustrates in those areas. If you wanted to go with a bigger player and go for an X, you know, Calvin Harmon's a name that we had discussed and oh, mentioned. Yeah, I'm totally fine with the We're getting some comments here in the in the comments about Harmon. Yeah, like, I'm good with that, too. Like, I yeah. love Harmon. Yeah. I think you might be have a little bit more explosive ability with Ridley, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I was a little disappointed with Harmon's lack of burst and explosiveness. I was hoping for a little bit more. 
I think he left me wanting a little bit there. I think he's a little more of a possession receiver than I had initially anticipated. And uh, my last question that I'm going to in the comments uh, comes from Jace. Uh, I believe he's referring to Hollywood Brown. Is he too similar to Kirk? I would say Debo Samuel's more of a Christian Kirk mold than a Hollywood Brown. I yeah. think Hollywood Brown on the outside is, is much more dynamic as a vertical receiver and his ability to, to, to hold safeties and create spacing for everybody. So uh, we hope everybody enjoyed getting together on Twitch TV. If you are watching this on Thursday night, if you're listening later, if you're listening on Friday or, or whenever, uh, we'd like to thank you. As we said, we debuted in the top 100 on the iTunes Sports Podcast. One of the things we asked for for Christmas was five-star reviews so we could get there. And we're there. So thank you very, very much. Uh, all of you who listen to the Draft Dudes Podcast, we set a listener record on uh, Thursday as well. Thanks to Joe and Brad when I wasn't there. So Trying to get you out of the way, right? Listen, great things happen when I'm not on the show. We had uh, Jared Davis came yeah, on as true. an interview with Roger Dixon a little while back, and now he's going to come on and set the record for most listens on a Draft Dudes podcast in the first 24 hours. So keep up the great work, guys. I guess I'll just <laughs> check in once a week for Takes on Takes and let you guys steer us the rest of the way. <laughs> I'm Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape with Joe Marino at the Joe Marino on Twitter. Thanks, as always, for tuning into the Draft Dudes podcast, and we'll catch up with you guys again on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.